Welcome back to Radiotherapy. I am your host, Calypso, and this is going to be chapter four of Conversations in Black. Um, the questions at the end, starting your own conversation. So this is my part. The first question is, what indication do we have that the political needle is shifting? Um, okay, for me, I have to say that I don't necessarily, I definitely believe that we're on the precipice of something. And I think we've been building up to this for years and years and years and years. I think we have finally reached a point where uh, the cultural battle has to be fought, you know, in the sense that in the sense of like, there is an internal civil war going on. And when we had our first one, the culture war was never really fought. And I think that is more so what um, the fight is about now. But I don't necessarily know if the political needle is shifting. I do see that there are like some changes. And I think primarily um, that happened because of the election of Donald Trump. And I know people blame him for a lot of stuff. And it's not like I'm blaming him. But I think The way that he talks, the way that he approaches things has made people look at America in a different way. And this isn't like a knock on like him as a president. In some ways, maybe it is, but it has nothing to do with like what he's actually like doing as president of the United States. I think his approach in terms of the tweeting and the way that he interacts with people is a bit crass. And I think that's something that is really... Um, I don't know, affecting the way people move in their politics and um, the way that citizens see themselves in America. And I wish um, that he would like take a minute to think about that, but he probably won't. Um, or if he listens to this, he'll be calling me like nasty girl or like, why is she talking like that? I don't know. But I, I think the real indication for me was his election. I never... I don't think I ever realized like how polarized people are. And that's not even to say that people are really polarized. I think more so it's just we've lost the ability to talk to each other because um, I think with his election, like that totally went out of the window because people are so like stuck rather than realizing we are all existing in a two-party system that doesn't represent any of us accurately. Um, I don't know, like, I really am hoping that at some point a third-party candidate really is able to break through um, and just could get the backing. I don't, I don't know, that person hasn't came yet, but I am hopeful for their existence. But I think the election of Donald Trump is the real indication and nothing to do with his politics or the way he's running the country or anything like that. But I think his election in terms of just like the inflaming of the culture war has totally, um, completely changed the realm of politics, I guess is what I'm going to say on that one. A little long winded, but you know me, um, which candidates today are engaging or open to their voting base? I don't know if there's a single candidate who's honest and is really um, 
open and engaging to their base. I mean, I mean, of course, every candidate pretends to be. But I mean, you can't at the end of the day, I think all of them are liars, because you can't promise the world. You know what I mean? And you also have to be honest with people. And like, I think that's why I could, I think the idea of running for something is cool. Or like being a part of politics is interesting. And I think it's impactful. And like, you know what I mean? But you can't go around lying to people, telling people everything's going to be okay. And yes, we're going to do that. And yes, we're going to do that. Oh, I don't have time to do that right now, but I'm going to get to it. You know what I mean? And just saying yes to everything. Um, and then putting it on the back burner rather than being realistic with people and having them also think through what it is that they're asking, you know, like being like, um, I get you, but da da da, you know what I mean? Like, I see what you're saying, but we also need to think about this, this and this. I don't think that a truly honest, um, person who, who can, adequately efficiently and effectively engage the public could even could operate one on a national scale second even on a state scale I think the only way that you could really have a candidate who is really going to be that engaging and I would hope I mean I don't live in that place but I hope that there's one out there would be in terms of your mayor's um, and your councilman. I don't live in that city, but you know, gotta keep your options open. I don't know, maybe one day it'll happen, or maybe one day I'll live in a city like that. I don't live in one like that right now, so who knows what could happen, but I think that's really the only way that you could really have that type of candidate, but I don't think that one really exists that I think is really engaging and open and is honest um, with their base. Just I'm adding the honesty part because I think that that to me is like part of just being open, not just being like open minded to hearing people, but also being open in the sense of what you're willing to tell people what you can and cannot do. And also to think through before I say yes, what are the consequences of like making these decisions or like trying to push for different things like that? Because they sound good. Like, a lot of ideas sound good, but what about the practicality of it, and is it worth it, and what is the cost of doing this, you know, those kinds of questions also come in, and I don't necessarily think everyone always thinks about it, I think they're just like, oh, this was a great idea, you know what I mean, but like, how is that supposed to happen, and what is the cost of that, and like, can we really do that, is it really like, um, gonna be effective, is it really gonna do what we want it to do, um, those kinds of questions. And if it doesn't do what we want it to do, uh, we have to get rid of it. Um, and different things like that. So that's how I feel. Um, how have they demonstrated this and meeting the needs of their community? Like I said, one doesn't exist. I don't think it can unless it's really on a localized level and is relatively in a small town. I, I think uh, when you think about big cities like New York, San Francisco, L.A., I think it's really hard. I mean, even as a mayor to be, unless you want to be really engaged with um, the community, I think it's really hard. And I also think people do a lot of meetings, 
you can have a meeting for everything. It's always like, I've got this meeting, I've got that meeting. But like, realistically, what do people do in all these meetings? I really have questions about that. Because I'm just like, there's no way you're actually working in all those meetings. I feel like it's sometimes just a bunch of people who just want to hear themselves talk and are like twiddling their thumbs, but there's no actual progress being made. But um, I don't know if they, I don't know. They're definitely not demonstrating it. And I think that the only way to do that is to like have things for the community where the community can come and talk to you rather than them having to seek you out, you going into the communities and like interacting with people and, um, you know, like, yeah, they might write you letters, but like also you could go into these, um, neighborhoods and like hang out for a bit and like do a block party, like different things like that. I think, uh, is how you have to like engage it. And those things are a lot easier to do on a localized level than of course on a, a state or a federal level. And also, like I said, time and meetings, those are also contrib- contributing factors. Um, how might others better engage with the community? I think just engaging with any community is kind of difficult. So like I said, I think Block parties are really good. I think open forums are really good. Things that are like less structured and things that last for at least three hours and and are at a reasonable time, you know what I mean? Or on a weekend where people are generally not working, you know, or at least a majority of people aren't working. So they have the opportunity to engage because I think oftentimes some things are set up or could be set up in a way where, like, it's really not optimizing the community. So I think weekends, sometimes, like, things that are after five are, are um, more beneficial, and you'll get a little bit more of the community to come out if they want to engage with you and stuff. Um, what do publicly elected officials owe their voting base? I... See, this is hard because I feel like, like I said earlier, that they're all liars. They're just all liars. So it's just like, yeah, do you owe me what you promised me? Yes. Um, and, and like I said, if you're a newcomer to like being an elected official, there's a lot of things, you know, the movers and shakers and all the stuff going on behind the scenes that you just don't know about. So it's hard to say, like, oh, like, I think they, I think if anything, any elected official owes you honesty and the best of their ability. So for them to try to do what they can to make things better um, and to do what you elected them to do to the best of their abilities. But like I said, I think there's a lot of things going on behind the scenes that we don't even know, don't even know what's going on really. So that's really hard. I just think, like I said, honesty and, uh, just doing the best they can. Like, that's really all you should expect from your elected officials. Obviously they shouldn't be doing anything shady and obviously they should be honest and not be trying to manipulate the public. Um, and I think that's where we've gotten to now where it's just like it's constant and continuous manipulation and people so focused on getting reelected that they don't even 
do their jobs. But that's just me. All right. What issues matter most to black women? Ooh, that's all. Let's see. I always feel like anytime where it's like, oh, what what matters to this group of people? It's kind of a loaded question because um, I don't even know if you could really pull that. But I would say um, I think right now, just given the climate, I think it would have to be like their children. So things are surrounding like police brutality, um, you know, I think that's probably the biggest issue, you know, like fear for their children's lives, um, whether that be um, at the hands of people who live around them or by the police. Um, I think, but I think that that's just like a mother's instinct, uh, you know, maternal instinct, you know, that's all, that's like the, like, I think that's the issue that matters most. Um, and then if we're talking about, see, this is the thing, it's like, there's different levels. I would say like for mothers, that would be the biggest thing. But I even feel like for black women in general, that's a really big issue. Um, I'm just going to go with that one because then I can, you know me, I can go into a whole entire spiel about a bunch of stuff. So I'm just going to let it go. Let it go. On to the next one. How have people neglected or historically neglected these issues? Wow. Okay. So in terms of police brutality, I think you have to really go into like the history, um, but this is what I'll say, because, like, this could get long. I'm going to try and make it short. Uh, I will say this. I think the historic issues matter, but I, and today, but today's issues to me is more so, like, just unaddressed trauma on both sides and also... Due to, like, the lack of ability to process trauma, it makes it so we can't even see the problem or see the problem for what it really is. You know, just a reenactment of our, of historic trauma. Um, and uh, an internal fear of... I guess black people, I think, would be the best way to say it. There's probably a better way, but I think that it's more so just an internal fear by American society of, like, what happens when we let this go? Like, who are we? Um, So I think it's an identity issue. It's like... It's like, what's next? And it's a fear issue in the sense of like, so if they get from underneath this thumb or whatever, are they, you know, like this whole fear of black supremacy, I think is insane. But um, I think it's something that's real. I think it's something that people are really like concerned about and afraid of unnecessarily so, in my opinion, but But that's just because I don't see that in most black people. Not to say that I don't see it at all. I've definitely seen it. Uh, But 
I don't think that that's a majority of people's thinking. I and um, so I think that the neglect just comes from fear. That's all. Just comes from fear and just a lack of ability to process trauma. And I think the how they're doing this is just by trying to deflect because this is a this is a communal issue it's not not a just a black people issue it's a communal issue um when you get really really down to it like I was saying so I think how you don't go about addressing it is by putting it on the community not to say that the criticisms of the black community aren't true but I think in this case both parties have work to do. You know, like, I think, to me, um, empowerment comes from education and financial literacy. Um, And that's the thing that's really going to empower black people, not necessarily their politics. Like, I don't think, I think focusing on the politics of things is a fool's errand in a way. Um, I think, Black economic empowerment is key. So we need financial literacy and we need education. We need these skills so we can get out there and create our own communities, create our own wealth, um, and be mindful about how we're spending that wealth. And then on the other side, of course, it's just, I think forgiveness I think I think black people also need to forgive but I think on the other side there has to be a forgiveness and a letting go of fear you know and just also recognizing why you're harboring these feelings which to me is just like I said it's fear but to understand that you are potentially harboring these feelings and stuff like that that you don't even know. And this is where, like, colonization of the mind and uh, just subliminal messaging through, like, society really come into play. So that was a little long-winded, but we're going to move on now. <laughs> Which issue will be most important in the coming election? I don't know. Like, we're getting ready to vote in, like, 80-something days, or maybe it's 70-something days now. But I don't really know, like, what the most important issue is because I feel like more people are concerned about getting rid of Trump than they are about any specific issue. But I do think that gun issues are really going to be a really big thing. And I think that is where... To me, the Democratic Party really needs to, like, think about what they're, well, they've already said what they're going to say, because they've, today was the last day of the DNC and all that stuff, but they really need to think about how they feel about guns, and they need to maybe revise that if they plan on getting any more, like, moderate voters 
voters who are not into Trump anymore, they really need to be careful on that issue because gun issue is a really serious issue. And that is something that like, I don't know a person who maybe doesn't like Trump anymore, but also doesn't like their guns that much. Even though I think if people were to get in office, this might be one of those promises that they don't necessarily follow through with. But I think it's a real issue um, for most people. But I also feel like abortion is another big issue. Those are like my two favorite issues. But I think for this election, it's going to be more so the gun issue. But I don't necessarily think people really care about that. I think people are more concerned with like Trump is evil and we need to get him out of office. And that's what people are focused on, at least in this upcoming election, just because he's hasn't been as presidential as people want him to be. Um, but I think also that's kind of ironic when like we're talking about like Kanye West should run for president or is running for president. I don't know what that man's doing, but he's coming in there. People want Oprah to be president. You know what I mean? Like people are calling for celebrities to be president. So like, obviously you want it to be a reality show. Obviously you want it to be just like continue to go down and down and down. And this is where like education really comes in because we need to be looking towards people who have some like experience with these things and who have done like the studying, who are honest, who are logical and are not going to manipulate the American people to like get what it is that they want. They're going to get down. I want somebody who is going to get down to the brass tacks of things, but we are where we are. I don't think we should be looking to celebrities for pol- for our politics or for them to like be some sort of guiding light um, and stuff like that because why? Just why? I think there are just so many, so many other people that we could look up to that don't even get the credit that they deserve. So anyways, that's the end of that. <laughs> next time next time until next time